Today's episode of the Watson Weekly Podcast is sponsored by Commerce Tools. The world of commerce is fast-paced and constantly changing. Commerce Tools, the global leader in commerce and creator of the powerfully composable mock architecture, enables commerce leaders to turn possibilities into reality. Commerce Tools helps businesses go from underperforming to overachieving, and from keeping up to setting the pace, all at a lower total cost. Go to commercetools.com to learn how to get started. It's December 11th, 2023, and this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show, Shopify Investor Day Recap, Replatforming seems to be slowing down significantly. Amazon restructures its seller fees. Neiman Marcus rejects Saks' takeover bid. And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first in our shopping cart full of news. Shopify Investor Day Recap. Investor Days are kind of like a dog and pony show. Investor relations teams try to convince new analysts to cover the stock or improve its ratings. And ratings are then used by hedge funds, pension funds, etc. to decide to include the stock in their portfolio. It doesn't matter what happens on the day precisely, except that it reveals company strategy, management philosophy, and long-term guidance. The tenor of the call reveals that Shopify feels that analysts worry most about total addressable market, attach rate, and free cash flow. Here are a few key points I took away. First, the Intel inside of Shopify is still Stripe in the US and other payment providers elsewhere. At least for now, Shopify has no plans to build its own payment stacks or even acquire one of the players. Management reveals that market fit is the primary criteria to determine the buy-build partner approach for payments in each market, not some overriding philosophy that they must never do one thing or another. Of course, this observer does note that Apple eventually built its own silicon chips and Amazon built its own logistics network. I think it will probably happen eventually. Although other businesses are growing... Shopify's margins and revenues will be primarily animated by the gross margins of the payment business long-term, despite the fact that other businesses and revenue sources like subscriptions are growing. SMB, enterprise, capital, balance, POS, B2B, country expansion, all those things are actually making money because of payments. Second, gross margins do have some headwinds. Despite the growth of POS, B2B, enterprise, and international, the news is not all rosy. These GMV sources all have lower attach rates to revenue than their existing business. This provides mild downward pressure on gross margins. The company has other businesses, but pay attention to payments to discover the financials. Shopify is currently about growth and upsell, not gross margin expansion. Third, Artificial intelligence is used broadly in the company to control costs. The CFO and COO said that as we grow, Shopify is not going to be hiring a lot. They will get leveraged through software and AI. The promise is that the company has found out how to generate free cash flow and won't be returning to its bad old ways anytime soon. Fourth, advertising seems to remain a hobby. 
Advertising did not get much play except for a few revealing comments. I did write down one of those comments. Quote, Our job is to teach merchants how to fish, not bring them fish. This line shows us the divide between a company like Amazon who wants to bring fish, but not before taking half of that same fish, and one like Shopify. Shopify is a tool builder, not a traffic generator. This could indicate that advertising and shop app is still just a hobby and no one should expect it to significantly impact the company's financials or most merchants' lives very soon. Our second story. Replatforming seems to have slowed down significantly. Does it seem to anyone else that the number of enterprise replatform projects has slowed down significantly? If you're an SMB and lower mid-market, of course the risk is lower. But in enterprise, the stakes are so high. Who can blame CEOs for inaction? Just look at this litany of issues with any replatform. Your requirements could be wrong. You could pick the wrong software. You might not have the team to execute it. And even if you do have a plan, you might execute that plan poorly. A major e-commerce replatform effort is like walking a tightrope over a pit stocked with alligators while 3,000 feet above that pit while juggling chainsaws. I recently looked at some data on platform choice by major brands and retailers even 10 years later. And over that time, most of these sites look like they did on launch day with no signs of change on the horizon. The ones that have changed, many got even worse than they were before mostly because they distrusted their vendor and moved to an in-house solution managed by the only agency in the world who knows that platform. Nevertheless, they persisted. The simple facts on the ground indicate that the devil you know always seems to be preferred to the devil you don't. Our third story. Amazon restructures its seller fees. Most Watsonians know that Amazon in the past year has reallocated how it stores its inventory, separating the country into different regions where inventory is stored locally. GeekWire has a new report out that Amazon is changing its fee structure slightly. In the future, if you send your inventory to multiple locations, Amazon will waive its new inbound placement fees. The way Amazon is doing this is previously this wasn't a fee at all, so now if you send to one warehouse, there is a new fee kind of a backhanded way of taxing behavior it doesn't want. Amazon will also discount its fees slightly if you let them ship in your original packaging rather than forcing them to repackage it. Here's a list of other fees that a company is changing. Referral fees for apparel priced under $15 will decrease from 17% to 5%. And fees for apparel priced $15 to $20 will decrease from 17% to 10% starting in January. Non-peak monthly storage fees will be reduced for standard items. A returns processing fee will also be expanded to apply to high return rate products in all categories, excluding apparel and shoes starting in June. This fee is said to apply only to products that have the highest return rates in their category. My take on these apparel fees adjustments is Amazon is feeling the pressure. The fact that low-priced apparel is specifically targeted just screams the fact that Amazon is trying to be more competitive with Shein. And this idea of carrots and sticks is something that is a well-worn part of Amazon's playbook. And sellers should expect to keep seeing more of this in future years. (laughs) 
And our last story, Neiman Marcus rejects Sachs takeover bid. The Wall Street Journal reported this week that Neiman Marcus has rejected a $3 billion takeover bid from fellow luxury retailer Sachs. Sounds like Sachs may have smelled blood in the water. Just to review some recent news in the last year, a few months ago, Wells Fargo bought out the huge Neiman Marcus space at Hudson Yards and in New York City for half a billion dollars. Last year, Neiman Marcus received $200 million in investment from Farfetch. Just last week, Farfetch canceled its earnings call and is rumored to be about to collapse. I tell you what, canceling your earnings call is just about the worst thing you can do as a public company. Meanwhile, the CEO of Neiman's is out there on the street saying that the company is profitable and can stay independent for a while. Let me let you in on a little secret, Watsonians. This company, Neiman Marcus, is in big trouble and is most definitely for sale. It sounds like all we're doing at this point is negotiating the price. And I do suspect that Sachs will wait this one out and eventually get it. Hey, Watsonians. Did you know that Shopify had an investor day? If you were in an online community, you would. To stay on top of what's going on in e-commerce and join the conversation, visit community.rmwcommerce.com today. Now a word from our sponsor, Commerce Tools. When a multi-billion dollar beauty brand's e-commerce platform neared the end of its life, the entire business was at risk, including the ability to serve customers. By switching to commerce tools and embracing a more flexible mock architecture, the retailer's vision for connecting in-store and personalized shopping experiences became a reality. The brand can now roll out new features within days, securing its position as a modern brand that uses technology to its advantage. If you're being held hostage by your technology platform and your developers have thrown up their hands, tell them to start a free trial at commercetools.com today. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have five items on the menu today. First, SKKY Partners invests in Truff. Kim Kardashian's private equity fund, SKKY Partners, has acquired a significant minority stake in Truff, a premium sauce and condiments brand. I never thought that a Kim Kardashian reference would make it on my podcast. Second, Birdseye raises $3 million in seed funding. Birdseye, a digital marketing platform, has secured $3 million in seed funding to expand its operations showcasing AI startups' growing interest in personalized marketing automation. When do these digital marketing solutions start offering this AI baked in? Third, Rover to be acquired by Blackstone in $2.3 billion deal. Blackstone-managed private equity funds will acquire pet sitting marketplace Rover for $2.3 billion offering shareholders a 61% premium after struggling in the past 12 months after listing via SPAC. Fourth, tech-enabled warehousing startup Hubu raises another $36.6 million amid continued e-commerce growth. And finally, PFS Brands acquires mid-Missouri grocer Moser's Food. PFS Brands, which offers food service solutions, has acquired mid-Missouri grocer Moser's Foods for an undisclosed price. This is interesting. And why would a food service company feel the need to acquire eight grocery stores? Today's final word for the week of December 11th, 2023 is infinity. One funny part of the investor day was when they tried to bust four myths about Shopify to the audience. 
Two of these myths are ones you might expect they want to harp on, which is kind of like the fact that Shopify is just for entrepreneurs and that Shopify can't help retail stores. One of the myths they tried to bust was pretty funny, at least to me, that Shopify has a finite total addressable market. Maybe they don't understand what finite means. What are we supposed to believe that Shopify has an unlimited addressable market? To infinity and beyond. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Our production partner for the series is Citizen Racecar. The show is produced by Jose Baez, production manager, Gabriela Montequin. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.